This is Podcast Q with Matt Henney. That is me, and I'm here with Chase Oliver. Hey, Chase. Hello. How are you doing? I'm good. Chase is one of seven candidates for the 5th District House seat to finish the term of John Lewis, who passed away in July. It's also one of two LGBTQ candidates. And with uh, in-person voting starting September 29th and early voting is going on now, I uh, wanted to just jump right in and talk with you a little bit about the, uh, about the race. Oh, well, thank you for uh, having me on to talk about it. And uh, just to clear it up, you can actually vote early in person all this week as well. So uh, you don't have to just vote absentee. You can go to one of the many uh, library locations. And I, uh, I can assure you they are very lightly populated. It's easily, easy to socially distant vote if you vote early. Are you finding any confusion among voters about exactly what's going on? Because there's this race, which fills the last few weeks of, of Lewis's term. And then there's another race in November that is for the actual next full two years of the term. So are, you, are voters confused at all? Yeah, I think it, it does require a little bit of explanation for a lot of voters who feel like, oh, uh, there's an election September the 29th. I thought the election was in November. Um, you know, uh, are you running against Nakima Williams is a common thing that I hear because she is on the ballot uh, in November. Or are you running against Stanton, who is also the Republican on that ballot in November? Um, but, you know, after you explain and you say, you know, this is a this is to seek out a a short remainder of this term uh, to honor the legacy of John Lewis and to speak to the issues that were very important to him and important to the people of the fifth district. So, uh, you know, I I think there is a little bit of you got to get over the voter fatigue of having so many elections here. But uh, I think people are hungry to have a voice in Congress right now. Congress is in session in the city of Atlanta, DeKalb County, Fulton County, North Clayton County. They do not have a voice. So uh, we want to urge people to go out and vote uh, now and on September the 29th. And so the term ends on January 3rd with seven candidates. There's likely to be a runoff, which will be December 1st. So whoever wins, it'll just be in office for a matter of weeks. So why why jump into this race? Well, uh, one of the reasons why I'm jumping into this race, uh, I am a libertarian. I'm outside of the two-party structure. And one of the main focuses of my campaign is the idea of more choices and more voices. When we have more choices on the ballot and more voices in the political discourse, we actually improve our candidates, we improve the campaigns, and we actually improve whoever represents us in Congress because they're more representative of all the ideas. And uh, many times in Georgia elections, there is either two choices or many times even one choice. And your state Senate and state assembly ballot here in Georgia, 60% of the races in November, representing 80% of our state's population, have one choice in the ballot, and that's because of ballot access hurdles. So I did not require uh, the large signature requirements that are needed for third parties to jump in this race. So I felt this was a great opportunity to not only represent my party and our positions, but also speak to the need of more choices and more voices in all facets of our politics at every level. Well, and this is a, a, a highly democratic district. I think you mentioned it includes portions of Fulton, DeKalb, and Clayton counties. It's considered one of the most democratic districts in the South. And you're a libertarian. So what Run through what that what exactly that means. The nuts and bolts, the elevator pitch answer that I give to folks is that at the end of the day, libertarians are folks that believe that the power resides in each and every individual and that the greatest liberty should be with the individual. And that many times uh, government actually gets in the way of that liberty and creates new problems uh, that are unforeseen when we try to use government as the mechanism to fix all of the problems in the world. Uh, I try to tell people... Imagine you're, we're all born with inherent rights. Every one of us is born completely free. And the way we form a government is we give up a little bit of those rights as part of the, as part of the overall goal. And libertarians argue that we've given up 
far too much of our liberty to form these governing structures. And we can actually do better without, uh, you know, a lot of the red tape and a lot of the problems that government creates. Um, but at the end of the day, we believe in criminal justice reform. We believe in limited government that is answerable to the people. And we believe that everyone, regardless of color, creed, sexual orientation, deserves equal inherent rights. And it's interesting, before gay marriage was legalized in 2015, oftentimes the libertarian candidates in Georgia were in favor of gay marriage before Democrats weren't. So I just remember uh, one of the gubernatorial candidates from several years ago uh, stood out because he was in favor of gay marriage at a time when de- even Democrats weren't there yet. Yeah, that would be uh, that'd be John Mons. He was actually one of my political mentors. And uh, I was a former Democrat in 2008. I was an Obama voter. And uh, it was because I was an anti-war voter. And after uh, two years, I was becoming very politically apathetic because I didn't see the wars ending. I didn't see Gitmo closing. I didn't see that forward progression on gay rights that I thought was going to happen. And so I was at Atlanta Pride in 2010. And lo and behold, there was a Libertarian Party of Georgia and John Mons. Uh, who was campaigning on a platform of inclusion for all people. Uh, the, the Libertarian Party has been pro-LGBT since our founding. Our first presidential candidate was a gay man. Um, so I, I, you know, I, I like to think that we have a long history of LGBTQ support. And in fact, uh, John Mons is the first gubernatorial candidate in Georgia history to ever march in Atlanta Pride. And that's something I am very proud of. Well, so is this your first race? This is my first race for office. I've been uh, politically active for quite a while, and I've been uh, the chair of the Libertarian Party of Atlanta and and doing community service work and things like that. But this is the first time I've thrown my hat into the ring for a political race, yes. And uh, talk a little bit about your background. I think one of the profiles I read says you're an import shipping coordinator, which yeah. I, I have no idea what that is. Yeah, that's corporate speak. So I um, I work in the shipping uh, industry, the liner shipping industry. Uh, I work for a company that brings containers from all over the world to ports in the United States and all over the world and facilitates that uh, worldwide trade that is very important. And uh, I love what I do. I invoice containers. You know, the containers are always moving. So that's what I do. But uh, I, before that, I spent 13 years in the restaurant industry. So I spent 13 years uh, in the service industry, uh, working hard, living on tips and knowing what it means to really like live paycheck to paycheck. And uh, that's something that I would take with me to Washington, D.C. if elected is that spirit of I know what it means to be on the lower rung of the economic ladder and to be fighting for that uh, way up. Well, in the restaurant industry, interesting, interestingly enough, is one of the ones, one of the sectors that has been hardest hit by the coronavirus pandemic. And I wanted to ask you, has that impacted the way you've been able to campaign? Uh, absolutely. You know, normally in a campaign, I would be door knocking door to door right now in all of the neighborhoods in Atlanta, uh, literally speaking to people at their front door, trying to talk to them about their issues that are important to them. Um, the way I've kind of modified that is uh, I've been tabling on weekends, uh, mostly at Piedmont Park, but I'll probably be in Decatur this weekend, I believe, as well. I put out a table. I wear a mask. I got a hand sanitizer. Uh, I have all the literature to hand out to people. And I try to speak to voters directly. But then I also do uh, things like podcasts like this one and uh, digital voter forums via Zoom. And I think I've gotten a great reception doing that. But that's kind of the, uh, the way modern campaigning is having to go right now in this age of COVID. Uh, you know, you always want to make sure that you're being uh, socially distant and safe, but also trying to get that message out to the voters is very important. What's it like to, to run in the 5th District to, to fill the term of John Lewis, who is a civil rights icon and a, and a leader among uh, lawmakers in terms of LGBTQ equality? John Lewis's shoes are certainly ones that cannot be filled by any one of us. He is an icon. And I tell people all the time, you know, regardless of your party, your creed, 
John Lewis sacrificed more in his life, just in his 20s, for human liberty and freedom than most people will sacrifice throughout their entire lives. So I do not take uh, running for this seat lightly at all. You know, Atlanta is a wonderful city. We're the city that's too busy to hate. We're the cradle of civil rights in this country. Um, we're the home of Martin Luther King and the civil rights movement of the 1960s. And I believe right now we're in the midst of a new civil rights movement for criminal justice reform and policing reforms since the murder of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor. So, uh, I, you know, I, I take it with an amazing amount of humility. And of course, for LGBTQ rights, uh, I'm, I'm absolutely a supporter of those because those uh, are issues that affect me personally, the people I love, and especially trans rights issues. You know, I tell people all the time, you know, all lives won't matter until black lives matter and black lives won't matter until black trans lives matter. There's an epidemic of violence going on. And I feel like uh, John Lewis was a champion of those issues. And I want to continue to champion those issues, whether I'm elected or not. I want to continue to speak to those issues, uh, especially to our uh, trans brothers and sisters who face so much discrimination and violence for just being their authentic selves. And that that to me is just is a terrible thing. And it's something that I hope to uh, voice opposition to and, and to help hold up those trans voices in our community. And the 5th District has been home to much of the uh, protests and demonstrations for the uh, racial justice movement that have been unfolding over the last last several months. Has that been a topic that has come up in, your, in, in the campaign? Criminal justice reform is one of the central focuses of my campaign. I'm fighting for things, you know, you speak to the limited amount of time that we would probably have if elected, even in the runoff, it would be even shorter. Um, and one of the things that we can fight for, and one of the things I would fight for if elected, is to get a vote on the end qualified immunity. Act. It's been 106 days now, uh, maybe 107 since that act has been introduced into the Congress and has not had any movement. And uh, this would allow for people to hold law enforcement accountable when police brutality is done. Like we look at Jacob Blake, who was shot seven times in the back. He has been paralyzed. He will he will be paralyzed for the rest of his life because his spinal cord was severed. Now that case will be argued within a court, but the truth is is getting civil justice for him, getting the medical care he's going to need through a lawsuit is actually made much harder through qualified immunity. And there's something right now is a four page bill in the Congress that just requires a little political will and someone to be very loud about that issue. I can certainly do that. But other things like ending cash bail, which creates a two tier justice system for the rich and for the poor. You know, I don't think many people, your listeners might not realize right now, 500,000 people, half a million people right now are sitting in jails across the country because they are too poor to afford the cash bail. Now, if they had money, they could buy their way to freedom, go right back to work and continue living their lives through their court date. But right now, there are half a million poor people who cannot get out because they can't afford the bail. They can't continue to go to their work. They can't continue providing for their families. And that leads to a breakdown. And it affects the poorest among us and disproportionately affects communities of color and also the LGBT community. So these are issues that are very important to me and I think very important to the voters of the 5th District. I've literally seen the movement in the streets. We need to take those voices right to the halls of power in Washington, D.C. and hold those who have been elected to serve not just the 5th District, but all the districts across this country accountable for making the changes we want to see. Within the uh, racial justice movement, there have been at least two marches in Atlanta that specifically call out and highlight uh, black transgender folks and to make sure that that they are uh, a part of the, of the, of the movement. What, is there more that can be done for that, more to protect black trans people? Well, I think one of the things we need to talk about is culturally, we just need to um, embrace uh, trans issues and trans rights a little more than we are now. You know, right now, I feel uh, a lot of the times 
uh, trans is just tacked on to the end of LGBT issues and not really pushed to the forefront. Uh, it's, you know, as you mentioned, there have been marches here to highlight that. But I really feel like there's not been enough action in Congress uh, to raise trans voices. And also you see things like housing discrimination uh, from the uh, from HUD, from Trump's HUD department. You know, they literally sent out uh, guidance to how to spot trans people in women's shelters so they can deny trans women a spot in trans women or in women's homeless shelters. That's unconscionable. That's disgusting. And we need voices who are going to speak up loudly about that and push those issues to the forefront and really shame the people who are involved in such programs. In Congress, are there things to be done in terms of LGBTQ equality? There's, you know, we've got uh, the right to marry. There was the workplace discrimination decision from the Supreme Court earlier this summer. What's uh, what's left to do in, in, in Congress? If we're going to have, the, you know, the Civil Rights Act should encompass LGBTQ people as well. So that's one thing that has not to be done. Um, but in regards to uh, just we need more representation, we need to have more LGBT voices, not just uh, as our Congress people, but in congressional staffs and uh, inside the, uh, you know, inside the government in terms of the executive branch. We need more of those voices to be able to highlight the issues, because a lot of times, you know, we have allied voices or people who would be allies who just don't understand the issue and who need to hear those voices. So um, I just think we need to have more um more of a dialogue, especially with our trans community uh, in the Congress. But in terms of legislation, I'm absolutely uh, looking to support any kind of legislation that will help uh, our LGBTQ brothers and sisters uh, live a more free and equal life in our country. And HIV is is an important issue in the fifth district. It's a district that has been hit hard by by HIV. Are there things that uh, can be done in terms of boosting resources and 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 helping uh, combat HIV? HIV. Absolutely. Well, I'm participating actually in the virtual AIDS Walk uh, for AIDS Walk Atlanta this weekend. I encourage anybody who has some dollars to spare to get out and support uh, their aid uh, the Atlanta AIDS Walk. Um, I'm part of Team Willpower, Team uh, Will Stenton, who's been raising funds for years for this issue. So uh, that's just a quick plug and shout out if you want to support Team Willpower uh, for AIDS Walk Atlanta. But in terms of legislation, um, for healthcare, I'm actually a supporter of the Singapore healthcare model. And this is an idea that you don't really hear from the two parties. Again, this is why we need more choices and more voices. The Singapore healthcare model is a universal healthcare model that provides uh, for better coverage, better outcomes, and lower costs all around. It would be a real transformational thing, but what it does is it allows for more choice for the actual person receiving healthcare, but there is total protections built in for everybody. So um, you have the ability to choose your tier of coverage, but you also, you know, if you are without means, you are absolutely covered through their MediShield program. So uh, I encourage anybody to check out the Singapore healthcare program. It's one quarter of the cost of GDP of what healthcare is in the United States, but they have better healthcare outcomes. And this is because they take the idea away from, okay, well, we just need to expand government coverage, which uh, will make things, uh, will, will affect quality of care over time, but also certainly not this terrible status quo of healthcare, the insurance model that we have now that leaves so many in the dark, makes healthcare so expensive, even, even under Obamacare, if you have an Obamacare uh, plan, a lot of times your deductible is much more than you could ever afford to really get that quality coverage. And so we need to talk about lowering costs overall. When we lower costs, we make healthcare more accessible for everybody. And that includes those who are suffering from HIV AIDS. And again, there's also talk of uh, 
you know, lowering the cost through the weaponization of drug uh, drug patents. You know, many times drug companies use their patents to basically jack up the price of drugs, and this includes uh, drugs to combat HIV, AIDS, and other related illnesses. Uh, and what we need to do is we need to say, you know, it needs to be easier to create generic drugs that are cheaper and can compete in the marketplace, uh, because that again will lower the cost of healthcare overall uh, for everyone, and including those who are suffering from HIV, AIDS. And you mentioned the AIDS Walk Atlanta, and that has gone virtual this year, and it was originally scheduled for the 26th, which is, we're recording this, it's uh, the f- next weekend. And so they're still fundraising for the nine nine agencies that are involved in that. So I think that's mm-hmm. what you mentioned. Among the candidates uh, in the in the race, uh, there's a former city council person, there's a former state lawmaker. So there's folks that have some legislative experience. Uh, is that... Um, uh, how do you respond to folks who might say, hey, you know, maybe it's best to go with somebody who has legislative experience since this will be such a short uh, time in office? Well, um, first and foremost, I would say I don't recall John Lewis having been elected to any local offices when he ran for Congress, and he's represented us great for a long time. So I don't think necessarily legislative experience is something that you have to have. But when I'm coming outside of the two-party structure, I'm going to be bringing ideas and talking uh, about things that you don't normally hear from the two parties, whether they have electoral experience or not, legislative experience or not. And uh, I also believe that from coming outside of the two-party structure, I will be able to start talking to not just Democrats, but also reach across the aisle to find areas where we can actually work and get things done. Again, this would be a very short period of time. But what I'd like to tell people is, is you know, many, many Democrats are actually dissatisfied with the national party structure, with the establishment party going on. There's a progressive movement. Well, I tell people, you know, one great way to let voters know that your vote is to be earned and not expected is to say, you know what? For a short period of time, I'm going to vote outside of the two-party structure. I'm going to trust that this person who's a, a, a ardent voice for criminal justice reform, for LGBTQ rights, is going to be there to speak to those issues. And they're going to be there for a short period of time. And that's going to be a lesson learned to my establishment party that if you really want my vote, you really need to start working on the issues that are important to the voters. So I'm hoping that having a vote that you can choose outside of the two-party structure sends a message to the major parties that they really need to start uh, speaking to the needs of their constituents. You mentioned a, a handful of issues already that the campaign that your campaign is focused on. Any others that uh, we can touch on? Well, I like to say that uh, I want to end the wars at home and abroad. And when I say that, uh, you know, the wars abroad, you know, for many voters who are younger, they have pretty much only known a world at war their entire lives. You know, they first start remembering things post 9-11. And uh, it's really not right that we have generational war going on. And so I'm an ardent anti-war pro-peace voice. I think we need to stop policing the world and start being a partner to the world. We need to stop trading bombs and start trading uh, goods. And that's probably a better way to export democracy. But I also talk about ending the wars at home. And by that, I mean, there's the war on drugs that is $40 billion a year of police spending that disproportionately affects poor communities and uh, communities of color with, uh, you know, there should not be so much. uh, There shouldn't be a drug war, you know, victimless crime. There is no crime for ingesting for ingesting something into your body. Now, there is certainly ramifications, and that's why we should treat addiction as a, as a medical issue, not as a criminal justice issue. And then, of course, the war on immigration. We have people who are currently in jail cells right now, children who have been separated from their families for no reason other than the fact that they have come here to seek the American dream, to seek a life of peace, 
And that's what we should be honoring. All of us here, other than our native brothers and sisters, came from somewhere else. And we need to have compassion for those who are coming from somewhere else now. And I would be a voice uh, to end the terrible, abhorrent immigration policies that have been going on, uh, certainly in these last four years. What's the reaction been to, to folks that you talk to them out in the district? You know, folks seem very welcome and open. You know, uh, oftentimes they've never heard of a libertarian before. But when I speak about the issues that are, are important to me, they say these are issues that are also important to me as well. And I'm hoping that I'm breaking through. And, and uh, you know, there's there are several metrics, metrics of success in this race. While I would certainly love to win this race, uh, both outright on the 29th or in a runoff, I also think that this is a great opportunity for people who have never heard a voice outside of the two-party structure to hear this voice and say, you know what? I agree with some of these things. I'm going to check this out more. And I hope folks who hear this, uh, who are in the Atlanta area, come to a Libertarian Party of Atlanta meeting. I would love to speak with you and talk to you about the issues that are important to you, both during this election and after this election. Please do that. Please understand that your voice and your choice is not limited to just Republican or Democrat. There is a there's a large spectrum of voices you can choose from if we only demand that we have those choices on our ballots. And I hope folks get encouraged to say we need more choices and more voices in our elections. We've touched on this a little bit, but LGBTQ voters are an influential block in the in the fifth district. Any message to them? Uh, my voice to or my message to all of the LGBTQ voters uh, in the district of which I, you know, I am an LGBTQ member of this community is that if you elect me, you will have a friend in the Congress. You will have a voice in the Congress who will fight for you, who will fight for your issues and who will not accept discrimination, homophobia, transphobia or ignorance from those who are also serving alongside of me. I will tell you right now, I will be the most pro-LGBTQ voice in the Georgia delegation if I am elected, because I will be the only LGBTQ voice in the Georgia delegation if I am elected. We need to have that representation. And uh, I want to honor John Lewis for all the amazing work he did for our community. And I want to take that one step further and continue that, that message of freedom and liberty for all. Chase, is there anything else that, that I need to ask you about that I haven't touched on? No, thank you very much for having me. You know, I really appreciate the chance to speak uh, to your listeners. And I hope everybody can check out my website, chaseforhouse.com, or follow along on Twitter or uh, Instagram at chaseforhouse. And I'm Chase Oliver Libertarian on Facebook. So please check out my social media. Please get out and vote early vote if you can. And if not, get out and vote on the 29th. Uh, you know, wear a mask, socially distance, but get out there and vote. Voting is your most sacred sacred right. You have the right to uh, to alter uh, the history and the course of events with your vote. Do not take that for granted. Get out and vote, please. Thank you, Chase. Thank you for your time. And uh, thanks to everyone out there for listening. Subscribe to Podcast Q to keep up with new episodes and follow us at theqatl.com. And we'll see you soon with a new episode. Thanks, Chase. Thank you.